I'm Rebecca Molman, and I am a trauma therapist in Alaska. And I'm also a coach and have a podcast called The Reframe, Where Fear is Brave. So can you tell me about your own mental health journey? Absolutely. My own mental health journey. So <laughs> so I'm a late diagnosed, adult diagnosed ADHD. So it's something that I've struggled with. I didn't even know I was struggling with. I just knew that I was a little bit different. And come to find out after my therapy training that I have ADHD. So I've learned how to um, apply systems and put in place systems that help manage uh, neurospicy um, minds, I guess is one way to put it. When you're diagnosed at a later age, did you feel relief? Yeah. I did actually, it kind of made sense. I was like, oh, that's why I do this. That's why I don't do that very well. Um, organization is a struggle for me. So I've really had to, <laughs> I've had, I have lots of little sticky notes everywhere and then I try to compile them onto a piece of paper. Scheduling is really important for me just to keep, cause my brain goes all over the place. So it's really important to be able to wrangle it back in and then learn how to leverage hyper-focus and be able to turn it on when I want to and then turn it off and be able to relax back. But it definitely was a moment of, I'm not crazy. There's other people like this in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, so can you tell me uh, what inspired you to you know, take your journey where you are in the mental health realm? Sure. Well, I've always been incredibly fascinated with the the architecture of the mind and the body from a very young age. And right in high school, actually, my mom and I took our first energy work class. So it's called Healing Touch. It's similar. People are more familiar with something called Reiki, but it's working with the energy fields of the body and how to bring homeostasis and health to the human body. Then I went into massage. Um, and after that, I kind of took a pivot and owned a bar, started and owned a bar restaurant music venue for a decade. And then after selling that, I decided I wanted to go back into the healing arts, but I wanted to, I had seen so much struggle with mental health in that industry because it's a bar, right? So a lot of people come and they sit there and they're drinking their worries away or they're just trying to escape or avoid things. Not everybody, but for a large part, um, I think, what is it? Bartenders are kind of the neighborhood therapists. Yeah. So I, <laughs> right? So I really enjoyed connecting with people on a one-on-one -on -one level and wanted to learn the skills to be able to not only navigate my own inner struggles, but help other people along their own process. So I went back and finished my master's and fell in love with first responders. So that's really where my emphasis in therapy is, is with military and first responders. Yeah, with that, I talked to a lot of uh, either veterans or first responders, and they bring up the, you know, basically like two lives of, you know, some saving people's lives and their own. What are some of the challenges they face? Well, if you think of a first responder, 
And I, I lump Leos or law enforcement officers in with um, combat vets or combat individuals in the military because they're doing very similar things. And what a big struggle is, is that you're <laughs> oftentimes you have to be completely on and then be able to shut off. So you're having to mitigate your nervous system. And a lot of a lot of the first responders aren't taught how to leverage their nervous system, or even understand and translate what it's doing. How do you pivot from going towards what everybody else is running away from? And then a second later, be able to compassionately pick up a little kid that needs comfort. So you're having to pivot and shift your nervous system very quickly. And if you're not trained on how to do that, then you can get stuck in that sympathetic fight or flight and not able to come back down in a healthy way. So then you're going to see a lot of substance use or um, other forms of trying them trying to downregulate their nervous system in, because they just don't have the skill set to be able to do that. And then, of course, there's things like PTSD, which is another stress response. It's just an extreme stress response that gets locked up in the nervous system and needs a little help to unwind. How does working with mental health help people's own confidence? Hmm. I think when you have your own, your experience, right? Your life experience of what's going on in your, in your mind and the emotions and your physical body. And it doesn't have a reference point. It's ambiguous. It can seem a bit um, destabilizing, right? So it, it becomes ambiguous. So I think mental health, understanding in that journey that gives it the framework, just like I was mentioning before with the ADHD, right? It, it gave me a framework. I was like, oh, this is why, this is what I'm doing. And then once you see it, once you have the framework, then you're able to, to do something about it, right? With ADHD, I'm not sure I'll ever not have ADHD. But what I can do is work with it now, now that I know what I'm working with. So as, as an inv individual launches into what I think is one of the most amazing journeys is of mental health, right? Is the, is understanding yourself more. How can I understand how my mind works? How can I understand and translate the language and the anatomy of my emotions? What is that? <laughs> Where I think a lot of people get stuck. How can I leverage my physiology to be able to align with where I actually want to go? So it's just an incredible self-discovery journey. It's that's how I approach it anyway. What are some of the things that motivate you? It goes back to that very beginning, that that almost insatiable curiosity and desire to learn. Being learning new things that I can apply and then being able to hold space with another person and watching them unfold before you. It is one of the most amazing gifts is being able to see someone step into their own self, be able to just like a flower, like bloom right in front of you. And I, I think for a large part of my life, I'm, this is, it's, I live and breathe this. I, it's what I do for fun. It's what I enjoy. Um, and using my own body, my own journey as the training ground so I can better serve those, even my family, better serve them 
and show up as the best person I possibly can. And life just keeps getting better. I was driving around the other day and I remember I was thinking to myself, gosh, is it legal to feel this good? But it's like, it's just because it's a constant right in the forefront of what I'm doing. It's a constant daily practice and it really does pay off. Really does. Can you tell me about your podcast? Heck yeah. So I started the podcast in January of this year with, and it was initially called the reframe from the couch to the conversation. And the intention really has been to take everything that I was learning and sharing in sessions to a platform where people were able to access a lot of the tools and techniques and strategies in a free way, because not everybody has insurance, not everybody can pay out of pocket for a therapist. And what I'm doing on the podcast isn't therapy, but it's a lot of the skills that I literally repeat over and over and over again in my sessions. And then a couple of months ago, I shifted it to I renamed it to the reframe where fear is brave, really stepping into less of it's still a conversation with other people, but I wanted to hone in on facing our the dark and scary places and having the courage to be able to step into the shadows of our own psyches of our own fears, and what that looks like in other people's lives. But then also helping people learn the tools and the techniques to navigate that themselves. Because I think a lot of times people avoid the dark and twisty and the shadows and what's hiding in there and what's causing a lot of this, the issues inside of them because they just don't know how to navigate. Yeah, that, I mean, I can relate to a lot of that because I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder too at uh, 37 so I, I'm a, a much later, but when I go back and think like my life could have been different or anything like, you know, uh, just thinking back of what I could have done differently. But now in the past four years, I've felt really good. But back then it, I didn't know what was going on. So you were able to have a, get a reference point and kind of, um, <laughs> bumper guards almost like oh okay. <laughs> yeah hey this is this is why i'm doing these things right very cool very cool so how how have you felt about that part of the journey for how has that changed your life having given been given that diagnosis and then how have you moved forward it, the the big way is changing jobs because I was more in a corporate, then I switched to more of a, a startup style, and then created my own thing, which, you know, talking to you and talking to other people, that's part of my therapy too. I, I enjoy it as much as the people I talk to. But I think that's the big thing of not hiding it and just, this is this is my superpower. This is who I am. And I, what I want to do is I want to help others. I I'm been a video guy for decades. So that's the, the way I know how I can help people. I love that you said superpower. And I, it, I think if people were able to reframe what they feel like is a weakness Right. Whenever somebody has a diagnosis, there's this concern that they're going to take it and almost 
um, like it has a victim mentality to it. Like, oh, I have this, so I can't do other things. It's like, no, actually, this is your superpower. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, bipolar really is, if you learn how to leverage it, it can absolutely be a superpower. And that gives you um, empowerment over, right? Working with your hardwired systems rather than against it. Yeah, so with your podcast and uh, the coaching and everything, where do you want to see in the next, say, three to five years? I would love to be able to reach more people with a podcast with the because it's free tools and techniques. It's free. It, it, and that's what's so gorgeous about podcasting, right? You can learn so much from other people's experiences mm-hmm. and tools. I've learned so much myself from other people's podcasts, being able to learn. I also would really love to reach more people in a public speaking manner, but that's definitely like that three to five year, five to three or five, three to five year mark. How does it feel for you when you see people get that aha moment? amazing absolutely amazing it's so cool to sit across from somebody and you can cut you can see their wheels turning and like (laughs) so then you just be quiet for a moment be quiet because they're processing right and all of a sudden their eyes get so big and they're like wait a minute have I been doing this my whole life like whoa mind blown and it's really helpful to sit with somebody else or other people and reflect back. We're so close to our own patternings and our own stuff, right? It's hard to see sometimes when we're in it and having just the right questions asked or having it reflected back puts puts it to where we can see the parts of ourselves that might just need a little bit of tweaking or redefining or absolutely upheavaling and taking out some old programming and putting in some more adaptable programming 